0: I just went up to the toilet and Aurora was standing inside the bathroom and she looked at me and she goes, this is outrageous. Are bum cracks contagious? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, Aurora. <laughs> I do not. I do not know how to introduce it.
1: Three, what? two, one.
0: What? Right. Hello. Um, hello. <laughs> hello.
1: <laughs> Is that it? Is that your attempt at an introduction?
0: <laughs> hello. <laughs> 61,
1: 61 episodes in. <laughs> and you don't know how to... This is your episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Movie Chef podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. That, uh, that uh, jovial voice you heard there attempting to introduce the show as a one-off <laughs> test experiment <laughs> is by executive host, Kowak. I am your host, Tebs. And, well, come on, tell me what all that were about. about. Yeah, how do you not know how to introduce the show just yet?
0: Hello. <laughs> I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I don't know what to say. It's like when you're put under pressure. It's like being put under pressure. You know, you always break. You always cave. It's like I uh, like I am not. I am not a sports person. You know, I don't. I don't thrive under the pressure. Oh, you know. But no, not at all. No, I'm, no, no. <laughs> Wasn't prepared. You know, so anytime, I mean...
1: anytime you try anything with you scripted, it's like, nope, it's just not happening, not happening, nope.
0: I can't, it can't happen, I don't function that way, I'm sorry. It's not... I know,
1: so if I put a spotlight on you and count it down from 3, two, 1, you won't have a clue what we're going on.
0: <laughs> I would probably just faint and like hit the ground and cost myself.
1: So, birthday boy this week.
0: 21 again
1: 21 again. how many years is that now 18 years you've been 21 It's about 18 years i've been 21 now <laughs> did you have a good birthday
0: um a, a pleasant one um i received a few graphic novels that i had i got some um dc graphic novels i wanted to obviously read up on justice league and stuff like that so i decided to, to ask for some of them right okay uh, what else did uh what else did we do? Nothing, cause we're in fucking lockdown. Nothing, can't do anything. Look, looked out the windows. Done me ten thousand steps. Oh, something I did do for myself. Though, I'll show you. This is as this is an audio mean, um, medium. It'll mean nothing to anybody else. Um, can you see that setup there? Can you see the? Can you see the bike?
1: Um, it looks like that sex machine from Burn After Reading, but it is. It a oh, sorry, it's a bicycle. That it's like, move it's called.
0: It's called a turbo trainer, right? So I got this road bike about jesus it must be about five years ago and I, I i used it as a i'll lose weight definitely lose weight going up and down to work blah blah blah, blah. didn't really happen because the wheels are far too thin and i'm a i'm quite a heavy guy so it was kind of like it was like you were you know rolling on the concrete instead of rolling on tires so i kind of put it to the side and i was like oh, one day one day i'll get back to that and then i was talking to a friend the other day and he was like why don't you just get a turbo trainer? if you want to do something on the bike. I was like, what the fuck is a turbo trainer? So obviously, turbo trainer is a little bracket that sits on the back wheel. And it's got like a wee turning point that goes up against the back tire. So you, it steadies itself. It hooks on by the nuts and bolts at the back. So then you put your back wheel up on it and you can cycle to your heart's content.
1: Because you've been after an exercise bike for a while now. They're like rocking our shit at the minute, aren't
0: they? It's about a month and a half to two months I've been looking for an exercise bike. And like, I've got to the point about three weeks ago where I was like, do you know what? I will pay £400 for an exercise bike. I will fucking pay £400 for an exercise bike. And I was on Amazon. I was like, I will fucking pay £400. And I was there, one for 369 99 And I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. I want one. I need one. I'm, I, I need it. So I went in, not delivered to your area.
1: I can tell you why that is afterwards, but it's something to do with the Irish Sea.
0: <laughs> is it our border that isn't a border that is a border that isn't a border?
1: I was um okay. A friend of mine was talking to one of his customers the other day, who wanted to buy a, a fireplace and have it shipped to Ireland. And uh, when you tell him that the, the delivery would, prob- you know, would probably be over a hundred pounds, he didn't want to buy it anymore.
0: Well, you see, do you know what the problem with the UK is now? There's, there's Boris Johnson. Country- there's well, yes yes but there is also there is also a country that is as close to Ireland as what the UK is near enough and that's called France and uh, France can deliver stuff from the north mm-hmm. part of their island called France to the they southern can... tip of ours you yeah. know called Ireland
1: it's quite and, direct um,
0: it's it's it, do you know what i would probably say it's maybe maybe 50 miles more than than what it's going to be you know other way
1: um, treacherous shipping lanes though we've been told treacherous
0: oh, oh it's it is it's it's, it's treacherous it, it yeah. is treacherous i mean i That's, mean all those ferries go there anyway you know they, but they're they're hardened ferries they're like submarine ferries you know they're the special kind of ones you know
1: so um this is your birthday episode so i said i was going to be serving you up uh, an, a menu of irish movies
0: uh, do you know what, though? And again, there were so many more better Irish movies that you could to Oh, there's with. so
1: many more, yeah. There's so many more. But these ones, I thought these kind of it's told the tale a little bit, but Republic, let's... Say it,
0: yes, Repo- Republican, ball. Just saying, these Republican movies. <laughs>
1: Even even leapier, I think, about borders into there. Um okay, but first off, we'll talk trailers. Now look, we were gonna talk a trailer called Frank of Island, but to be honest, it looks kind of shit and there's a whole lot more I want to say on the Suicide Squad. So this week the Suicide Squad trailer came out. Uh-huh. I am excited. I am
0: yeah, yeah I am do
1: you very know very excited do, for this?
0: Yeah, and you know what? It 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 actually it it stirred a few things in my stomach when I was watching it. Um, you know, obviously there's gonna be those parallels between it and Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, the, the, the comedy angle. And again, there's gonna be a lot of characters that we know from, you know, Marvel's world and DC's world now because of James Gunn. Um, mm. but no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I enjoy I it. Just,
1: I think the uh, biggest reveal out of it was that Sylvester Sloan is voicing King Shark. Um and he was sort of the standout character
0: yeah the the, CG, the CGI for king
1: shark now <laughs> it, it needs i think i think it needs touching up it always gets touched up you know it,
0: it needs it needs to Sonic the hedgehog touch up i think
1: <laughs> well, apparently james gunn were talking and saying they designed it as uh the hammerhead version a hammerhead shark but because his eyes would be on the side of the hammer head mm-hmm. um they couldn't sort of judge as to who he were looking at at any one time and it looked looked bad on film, so they went with the great white shark instead. But look, so we they, went, they we
0: went for shitty CGA instead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, this has still got another what four months before it's going to come out, so I won't be surprised if this is still getting touched up and yeah, and some of yeah, the CGI's yet. But um, I think uh, look, there's a lot we can talk about it, but I'm going to wait um, until we start coming about theories about it. But John Cena and Idris Elba look to be standouts in that kind of action star doing comedy kind of vibe, and I love that from John Cena. He, he I always thought it was a pale limitation of The Rock, but in some of the stuff I've seen him in, um, Bumblebee and whatnot, he's, he's got that comic timing. I think he can be really good. And it, it, They've already announced that he's going to have his own spin-off show after this film, so he must be a star performer from this film. But the, the one f- takeaway for me was King Shark just ripping a man in half. I just thought that... It, it looks cool. nice
0: and gory. Yeah, it oh, looks yeah. nice and gory, and I'm hoping that's the kind of, that's the kind of avenue that they go down. Obviously... You know, we know with the Snyderverse that he obviously wanted it to be a lot darker than than what Warner Brothers wanted it to be. and mm-hmm. um, they wanted it to be more of a anti uh, or not even an anti. They wanted it just to be as parallel to Marvel, but he Zack Snyder wanted it to be a dark, grittier look. Because let's be honest, the DC characters are a lot darker and a lot grittier than a lot of what the oh. Marvel characters are. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. But I agree with you. I agree with you. I I kind of you kind of get that look from John Cena. Um, where because he takes himself very seriously in in the wrestling world, um, that he could probably have really good comic timing. So I'm kind of looking forward to yeah. his character.
1: I am, absolutely. And uh, there's a few others in there. But to be honest, I the only thing that I tweeted out was that I was expecting Taika Waititi to, to voice King Shark. But yeah. then would it have been too close to Korg from Marvel, you know, going with the soft voice on the big brute of a character? and. Um, the the Marvel and the the DC sort of comparison, I think James Gunn James Gunn has done really well in pushing for this to be R rated because then it, it it differentiates immediately between Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it's it'll be another yeah. level of humour. It'll be another level of violence, and I think you can't compare them two films other than being, you know. And what uh, do you think?
0: Do you think they're going to try and make Suicide Squad as like the Deadpool
1: of the DC universe? Um, I think they're going to go that way. I'd like to see them go that way. It's still grounded in reality, but it's a lot more comical. The, the characters he's going for, there were hints at um, who the final sort of villain is going to be or the final beast they've got to take on. And it, it's it's crazy. It's insane, but it's... The like I say, the, seeing guys get ripped in half and King Shark biting heads off people, and and the effing and jeffin' throughout, and the John Cena saying they'll eat an entire beach full of dicks in the name of justice—it's yeah. it, another level of comedy. And I think you, you know, I, I think they've done well. Just basically, just so it doesn't become a comparison, so you can't imagine straight away going, "Who's you know better?" What? Or whatever.
0: Of everything, I know that we were happy for one reason, and that's Boomerang Man's back. Captain Boomerang. Captain, Captain Boomerang is back. Captain Boomerang. Fantastic. Like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does for this version of the Suicide Squad.
1: Can I just, I'm saying this now, on uh, March 28th, 2021, Captain Boomerang will be dead within 10 minutes. No. I'm going there. No.
0: To no. no. I'll, ma- I'll make, I'll do the opposite to that on whatever time it is and whatever date it is. Um, <laughs> he will be the hero.
1: <laughs> He's, he is the Slipknot of this version. They're bringing him in because... They,
0: <laughs> what? Is no, not Slipknot! No. The man who can
1: climb anything.
0: He can climb buildings.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, one, we'll go from DC over to Marvel. A uh, bit of news that Black Widow has had its release date pushed again. Um, they're looking at July 9th, and they're saying... Now, we had a rule where we said anything that comes out on premium pay... On a streaming service, you're already paying for. We weren't going to talk about. We just mm-hmm. would ignore it. It don't deserve it. Now, Black Widow is going to be released in cinemas, but in the regions where it can't be released in cinemas, it will be released on Disney Plus for an additional fee. I so we, we have to
0: will, talk about.
1: It. I will wait. Yeah, you, know you wait for? It to come on Disney Plus. Yep,
0: I am not. I I I wholeheartedly Now, If the cinemas are open. I'll go to the cinema to see it, no problem. But I wholeheartedly disagree with having to pay a subscription for a premium service and, or sorry, a subscription for a service and then having to pay extra for the premium version of that service. It is a fucking cop-out and I will not do it.
1: Fair enough. Um, I, I'll i probably go to cinema if there's still sort <laughs> of social distancing on. But yeah. England, England, English cinemas are supposed to be opening up sort of mid-May. So I think that's why they put it back, give it a couple of months, get a bit of uh, confidence backing up in cinemas again, and then sort of flood it with a, a Black Widow or whatever. But um, yeah, I, yeah.
0: hopefully, but hopefully by then we'll all have our fucking Vauxhall Astra uh, vaccine.
1: I won't be surprised if this came fucking Astra. Yeah. I won't <laughs> be surprised if this came out in cinemas over here and on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, At, but as long as it's not the premium, yeah, as long as it's not the fucking. Oh premium no, no, service. it's, it's going to be on premium.
1: It's going to be thirty quid. 25 quid, 30 quid.
0: Fuck was... that.
1: Yeah. Um, so you've you've got some news this week.
0: Yeah, remind me, because I haven't got anything in front of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, your first bit of news was um, Jeff Goldblum spotted with Chris Hemsworth um, while filming for Thor 4 goes on.
0: Yeah. So I was kind of interested to see if it was a, you know... Now, what the article did say is they don't know whether it is just a uh, Jeff Goldblum coming to see his friends and saying, hey, hello. Or if it was Jeff Goldblum actually, you know, taking up the mantle of the master again and, you know, reprising the role.
1: Yeah, I won't be surprised yeah. to see him come back in Ragnarok. They didn't really kill uh, yeah, it. I, him I, he I, it so.
0: I would think that he would maybe be, uh, you know, they go to a prison planet or something like that there and he's there breaking rocks or something stupid like that there. Just that we call back to, to, to Ragnarok. Um, which a... I wouldn't, which I wouldn't mind yeah. because I, I really like Jeff Goldblum, so it doesn't really, doesn't really affect my offend me though that. But I was hoping that he would maybe get a wee bit of a bigger part because Jeff Goldblum's fucking great.
1: Oh, he deserves to be up front in everything. And I, I hope he comes back, but it probably will be like one of those little nods or whatever. But, um, and right, we've still got the fallout going on from the Snyder Cut being released. Um, there were two sort of notable stories that I saw this week that I wanted to. Uh, draw up with you the first one was that um well apparently Zack snyder threatened to leave uh the uh the snyder cut remake reboot work if the cut green lantern from the end of the film was that right
0: yeah no it's i do i can't make head nor tail of this of this whole thing right so his Zack Snyder story is now I may be wrong in, in the, the, the positioning of this, but here we go. Warner Brothers didn't want Green Lantern at the end of the movie. They didn't want that scene where uh sorry, yeah Martian, okay. sorry, yeah, where Martian, yeah. yeah, sorry, a bit of a spoiler. Spoiler, 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 spoiler.
1: No, it's just more so, explain. I think if you've if you're listening to this, you'll have seen the the, yeah. the Snyder. But this is the yeah. scene where Martian and Manta comes in in the Post-credit epilogues, post-credit scene where Mastermanta flies down and introduces himself to Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, who a year ago was saying, "If Superman is one percent of a threat, we need to take it as a certainty," and then yeah. he meets somebody called Manhunter, and Ben Affleck's like, "Welcome, John, yeah. come on in." As,
0: as what the story may may allude to is that Zack Snyder who wanted that character to be a Green Lantern. And he wanted it to be a black Green Lantern. And Don't Warner Brothers, yeah. And Bo- Warner Brothers refused to allow him to shoot it. Now, Zack Snyder then took it upon himself to shoot the scene with his own money and put the scene together and to put it into the movie. So <clears throat> the first time that Warner Brothers even knew this was the first time that the movie was screened, which I fi- I find quite amazing. But they just give him full, a full and utter autonomy of, of yeah. this movie. So he said that he would have, he would go, he was going to walk out if you know Green Lantern wasn't in this movie. Then he didn't walk out, but they put Martian Manhunter in in its place.
1: They said you and, can have Martian Manhunter. Now, yeah. Now, and now
0: this this wasn't his. Now was this something to do with a licensing agreement or?
1: No, I think it was. Hmm. I'm, I'd hazard a guess that Warner have plans for Green Lantern. And they know um, from all sorts of different reports coming out from various Warner executives, one in particular, um, Ann Sarnoff, talking about um, Snyder's Justice League. It's pretty much reiterating that it's done. This is the end of it. You know, this is his the end of his vision. That was his film. And Warner were very much against having um, sequels set up in this way. Um, one of the other arguments flying around, or one of the other positions of some of the actors and people, is that people of color had their roles drastically reduced when Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns took over uh, the original film back in 2016 17. So, Snyder's argument is I wanted there to be a black green lantern turn up and make its announcement. Um, Warner said no, Snyder was going to leave, but he realized that we can put he could put Marsh and Manhunter in that now. He's actually played by um, Lennox, Henry Henry Lennox. So he's, he's uh, Swanwick, the, the the military guy in disguise yeah. all along. So he is a person of colour. Technically, the actor is a person of colour and the, the character is as well. Um, so I think he's sort of bargained and said, right, we'll keep Martian Manhunter in there. But this is just another piece. It's, you've got Warner coming out again and again, saying that's it, it's done. We might do some more TV shows. But Snyder knew exactly what he was doing. And what and I said it last week, I enjoyed I did enjoy watching the film. I think it's a well-made film with some good action scenes, and I enjoyed it more than the cinema version. And you'd be wrong. But fair enough. But what I didn't like was the sequel baiting that you knew damn well Warner didn't want. And they're funding all this. They made it happen. It wouldn't have happened without them. And it couldn't have just had that little bit of I don't know what the word is, but a little bit announced about him just to go, you know what? Maybe I should do what they want. Maybe should, I should finish it at the end of the film rather than going on another 20 but minutes. But,
0: like, what in what, world, in what world does a director get full autonomy over a movie? Do you know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. many, how, many, how many directors out there get to have full and um, unlicensed autonomy of a movie? Is it not regular? Is it not regular? you know, that a studio will interview, intervene in movies. This is not something that happens 95% of the time.
1: You mm-hmm. know what I'd probably say in this day and age, Scorsese, Spielberg, possibly Tarantino. I, yeah. I, I can't think of many more directors that, like you said, just get to bring a movie back and say, that's what I'm delivering. You know, I I can't Um, think of many other top-tier directors. And if Snyder's...
0: But how up his own ass is he? That he he just believes that, no, no, everything that I filmed should be seen. Everything should be seen. You're like, well, no, it it was an hour and a half longer than what it should have been anyway.
1: Well, over in the lighter and brighter side of the DC universe... um, the black adam film that has been gestating for about the last four or five years with the rock lined up to play black adam um has found its doctor fate uh, dc's version of doctor strange and it's played by none other than Island zone piers Murphy? no piers Brosnan. <laughs> all right okay hey i like this i like i think this is a clever bit of casting him against the rock i think that <laughs> I, think be, I think that'll be fun that. that'll be if great if you were
0: fun. to say if you were to say to me Name an, an actor, right? Who could be, who could be Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange's father, like identity identical looking. I, I would say Pierce Brosnan. What is he going to have a fucking, a, a flying pogo stick? You know what I mean? Like what 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 are, what are they going to? I would I would like to go into the history of Marvel and DC and see who ripped each other off first.
1: That I've read bits about that before, where. um Things like Deathstroke and Deadpool. Um, and there are a few other characters that are always I mean the bit the main one is Captain Marvel turning to Shazam and all this. There's a, we should do one on that characters. Yeah. Should, in fact we'll was do it, an episode.
0: Was on it that. A, was it a deep impact fucking Armageddon situation? You know, what 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 are we, what are we looking at? What are we well, looking at? How, how 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 far down the line were these characters away from each other? That's what I would like to know.
1: We'll we'll look into that one. We'll do that one. I, I'd be quite interested in that. Bosn, so Brosnan is going to play Kent Nelson, a.k.a. the uh, Doctor good Dr. Fate. He is the son of an archaeologist who was taught sorcery skills and given the magical helmet of fate. He wears a magical uh-huh. helmet. He
0: wears a magical helmet.
1: <laughs> a magical helmet and, and, and a magical cape, and he's going to be fighting with uh, or against Black Adam, the rock. So... um have you watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet?
0: I've watched episode one and I am going to watch episode two tonight.
1: Great. So we're gonna talk about episode one when that came <laughs> out two weeks ago. Listen,
0: four movies I had to fucking watch. Four bastard movies. And you know, I, I had to get my fucking weekly dose of weird European crime documentaries. Alright? That All right. give me a give me a break.
1: So Next week, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode one. Listen,
0: if you em- want to know if you want to know about fucking serial killer Andre Checatello, I watched a two and a half hour documentary on Andre Checatello. I can let you know everything about him. You know the butcher of Rostock. hundred percent. We can talk about that all night.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the but- Butcher of Rostock <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get cracking. Well, as it's your birthday and you um, appear to be Irish. What? (laughs) I wanted to uh, put together a menu of Irish movies. I think there's a lot of films out there. We've mentioned Green Tongue and the sinful um, impersonation of Irish people that's been going on for years. Um, I think there's a lot of films out there that do tell a lot of good stories about the history of Ireland. It's on our fucking doorstep. Uh, a lot of Americans pretend they're from Ireland or pretend their ancestors came from Ireland. So it means yeah. a lot of people. Uh, and I wanted to sort of have a look more, at, like I said, not just the piss takey films and not just having a, a laugh, but I really wanted to have a look at the history of, of Ireland and all this. And uh, so the, the starter um, that I present an introduction to films made in Ireland, set in Ireland, about Ireland, is The Wind That Shakes the Barley. Killian Murphy and Liam Cunningham, directed by Ken Loach, a 2006 film, um, set in, against the backdrop of the Irish War of Independence and two brothers who were fighting against British forces. So, have you seen this before? Before I asked you to watch it.
0: Uh, yes, I'd seen it before. Um, okay. it's, it's one of those films that, you know... <laughs> Let's 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 put it on the line now, right? Let's 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 lay it on the line. I I obviously have an issue with Britain being the enemy of of everything, you know. Every you know in every every movie, but there's sometimes where it's justified. <laughs> and you know, looking back, obviously, you know looking back on the history between our, our our two wonderful islands um and beyond, you know, let's let's not forget India and, you know, Africa and, you know, a lot of places. Australia. Please let's try to forget
1: our yeah. education yeah. our education system has tried to forget it. So please could you well, as well
0: yeah, and I think that's what I'm bringing up to. You. I mean the problem the problem with a lot of English or British people um is the fact that they are not taught this stuff. You yeah. know, you are given, a, you're taught the Tudors, and you know Mary Queen of Scots, and you're taught, you know Shakespeare, and brilliant, but you're not taught a lot of things that happen around the world. You're not taught about things like, um, Winston Churchill, you know, creating the Black and Tans to come in and you know shoot people in their in their houses in Ireland. You're not taught that, you know, that him and his father starved, you know, six to seven million people in, in Bengal. You know, you're not taught these things. And, you know, that's not a derogatory thing against, you know, English people. These things are these things are hard to find. And it's your education system that doesn't teach you. Now, mm. you look at a thing like Germany, right? Germany quite potentially could have had the worst human being that has ever lived in Adolf Hitler. Right. they didn't hide it. They didn't put it on, sweep it under the carpet. They faced it head on. They accepted that it happened. They made laws in their country that ban, you know, Nazi ideology. They had laws in their country that ban um, the, the denunciation of the Holocaust. They faced up to it and went, you know what? We fucked up, lads. And we're going to try our best and not let it happen again. Hmm. Now, you look at England and England very rarely, very rarely will look back in their history and go, "Oh, uh, we're we're super sorry about, you know, all the the slave stuff, and you know, we're super sorry about, you know, starving people, and we're we're super sorry about invading your country for no apparent reason and murder and pillages, and then getting really really annoyed when you fight back, you know, and then calling you terrorists. What the wow? How dare you fight against us while we've invaded your country? How dare you? The terrorism. This is terrorism. Pure. You know." i've always
1: i've always noticed noticed, especially by doing this uh, episode and even going back to like iraq and things like that if we invade somebody vietnam if we invade somebody their insurgents the terrorists and it's like we've invaded their country Define let let's let's let but let's back it up a wee bit as well because
0: it's not just it's not just America and or it's not just you or, or the UK or Britain it, it, you know it's it's a lot of countries around the world that do that and I am no I am not I, like I'm bad of a fucking Republican but I be I, I went over to live in England you know I have you know one of my best friends in the entire world is English you know I support an English football team I, I regularly go to England and you know put money into this. I'm I'm not the greatest Republican that there ever has been. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't you know force. I don't force Republicans.
1: It. <laughs> hang on, a Republicans like my dad was after the 1986 World Cup when he banned us having Argentinian corned beef in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely banned it. He said, "What kind of England family would we be if we ate Argentinian corned beef?" Now, I, now thinking back, it might have been something to do with the Falklands as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's, that that's <laughs> more that's more of being slightly narrow-minded, you know. That's back, you know. That's... If
1: you know my dad, that is not his case. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> but you know, that, and this the, this movie takes into it as well. You know, at, at the end of the day, the one that shakes a barley is a very good movie. Yeah. Now, forget about all the the ideology. Forget about the you know the the the, the nasty nasty Brits. You know, forget about all that. It's a Ken Loach film, at the end of the day. There's a lot of talk of the proletariat and you know the bourgeoisie and things like that. There, you know, yeah. th- stuff like Ken Loach loves to do. You know, he 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 is working class and fucking will stand by the working class, which is great. You know, it, it, Ken, it, it, that,
1: Ken Loach is the if you ever hear about a kitchen sink drama, that's Ken Loach. That's filled it, in it, the, oh, the council estate. It's people down on the look. It's class systems. It, that is all he ever talked That That's the basis of his films. And when the Shakespeare is about, for me, look, as a Brit watching this, first of all, I thought it was horrendous. I thought it was even worse when I realised that they actually used ex-military officers as the extras of the British soldiers back then. Mm-hmm. And they didn't ask them to be any more aggressive than they would be going through insurgent locations, insurgent yeah. communities now this they is, were, it's, yeah, this it's dragging it's, people this from just what the happened. homes yeah this is dragging people from the homes it is humiliation it's derogatory comments it is it's beatings it's murders it's it was horrendous and this was happening on our doorstep at the start of last century and people yeah. wonder well,
0: i'm well, gonna shock you. Paul. Go. <laughs> this was happening up until the
1: 1980s well yeah there this is what we're going to come <laughs> on to later on we've got another <laughs> but yeah it, this it's it's insane
0: to think but that. Again, but, uh, but but Sorry, can the
1: I just say it's, it's insane to think that there aren't entire um, seasons of history lessons put aside to teach people about the troubles and the British involvement and exactly what happened. Because I think it's embarrassing that as a 37 year old man who's got a, an Irish friend of 20 years, I'm still having to read up on Wikipedia exactly what went on.
0: Well, yeah. Oh, I that, mean,
1: that might be my lack of understanding as well, or my lack it's, of It's not—it's not
0: your lack of understanding at all. You know, I mean, the thing—the thing that always, you know, baffles me is that this stuff is taught. Like, for—for for instance, now I am not saying that the, you know this is a Catholic Protestant thing either, right? Yeah. But my my missus, I am—I am agnostic. I don't, you know, follow the banner of the Catholic Church. I was brought up a Catholic um i was raised a catholic um, i then turned away from the catholic catholic church my, my mother asked me you know do you want to go to church when i was 11 year old and i went fucking no no why the fuck would i want to go to church but
1: i don't want to do that predators on the yeah. telly
0: <laughs> yeah i still have this thing i still have this thing i tell, told you about it m- many a time i've still got catholic guilt i've still got yeah. the guilt and that's yeah. what the priests have instilled in me right
1: I've spoken to you that much. I've got Catholic guilt.
0: <laughs> but my, my missus is a, is a Protestant. I'm a Catholic. Our, our, well obviously we're agnostic and the kids have not been brought up in any uh, you know, under any religious banner. Yeah. But talking to my missus when I was in school, I learned about the First World War. I learned about the Second World War. I learned about suffragettes, I learned about Vietnam, uh, I learned about the Irish Civil War. We learned about partition. We learned about the Easter Rising. We learned about Spanish monarchy. We learned about French monarchy. We learned about English monarchy. We learned about, you know, Scottish history, Robert de Bruce, you know, things like that there. And this is the stuff that I covered from I was in primary school to the end of high school. Right. And when I'm talking to my missus, I ask her, what what did you learn about? And she's like the, the tutors and the battle of the going.
1: Like, yeah we uh for that's me literally
0: my, all you've learned and she's like yeah that's that's all we were taught
1: my history gcse uh was the history of medicine um canals <laughs> us <laughs> this is
0: bar, kingdom brunel
1: <laughs> i think us yeah yeah definitely although oh, some brunel and types of bridges types of canal bridges uh, but but we lived in yorkshire you know canals are like fucking yeah, everywhere yeah. you can't fucking move for fucking canals but not look anyway so this wind that shakes the barley they it my understanding of it was this is the sort of it's coming off the sort of civil not sort of civil war but there's a yeah. battles going on What there and then this is the sort of the british were left over and the the irish still living in ireland being obviously the, there's a british uh military presence in ireland they formed mm-hmm. The Irish Republican Army to fight back to reclaim well, that.
0: Yeah, but yeah. This- no, I'm go- I'm going to try and break this down to you in very very quick terms. Right now, this is not this is not going to be you know, completely historically accurate, but this is going to be an understanding. Yeah. During during the First World War, the Irish decided that Britain couldn't fight a war on two fronts, so they started doing their insurgencies down south. And in 1916, there was an Easter Rising where they pinned a Republican proclamation to the GPO, the General Post Office in Dublin, basically declaring the Irish Republic. The Irish Republic, and this is what the Irish Republic will stand for. Obviously, Britain didn't like this, and um, they brought more people over. So, around the War of Independence was a few years later. Um, this was a constant war. You know, this was a, obviously the Easter Rising was defeated um, because you can't, you can't at that stage take on the might of the British Empire and expect Mm. to win it was like quelled in four or five days but what this did was that it it sowed the seeds of doubt everywhere Um, it basically showed people that you know what we we can actually put a fight up so around 1919 was the War of Independence Um, what happened then was a guy called Michael Collins uh, went over to England to they all decided that not all of them. There was a guy called Eamon de Valera as well, who was the head. He was the first president of Ireland. Eamon de Valera didn't want to negotiate with the British because he said you couldn't trust them. So Michael Collins went over and just, yeah, <laughs> went over and, and had discussions with You've the got British. a point.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: had discussions with the British and basically what they did was they would give Ireland its 26 counties and keep the six counties up north as part of the British Empire. Now, the Brits knew exactly what they were doing because the Irish people wanted the entire island. And by splitting it into 26 and 6, they knew that there would be two factions. They knew that two factions would break away. There would be the factions that would go, listen, this is the best we can do. We can take the 26 now and then we can, we can you know, talk and we can treaty and we can try and get the six counties back later on. And then there was the other side going, well, hold on. I've just fought a fucking war for six years. I've just, I've just put my family, myself, through every kind of hell for the last six, seven years. There's not a fucking hope that I'm going to accept 26 counties. I want 32 counties or nothing. And then that's when the Irish Civil War happened, and this is where the difference, the split in the wind the one that shakes the barley. So it started obviously during the War of Independence, and then whenever that split comes, um, it goes over to the Irish Civil War um but yeah but again you can't you can't fight against the might of the british empire back then you know they were still you know they still had the amount of their power but that's that's a general history of what it was in england knew exactly what it was doing you know in breaking up breaking up the country and they they wanted the country to fall apart
1: and you know i'll be totally honest with you coming back to the film if you are not familiar with everything that convox talking about if it's New to you if it's fresh, or if it's one of those parts of history that you've just never really read up on, whichever side of the Atlantic you're from, read up on it first, even just a Wikipedia about you know the Irish yeah. Civil War, the you know, Easter Rising, and then go into this film because it would it, everything makes a lot more sense about what's going I, on. But
0: I think, I think that, I think that the um, uh, but some of the performances, I think Killian Murphy was outstanding in it, but there's a girl who plays his girlfriend Sinead, uh, Orla Fitzgerald, like. There's a scene where they're looking the, the the British army are looking for guns and they've just they've just ambushed uh, the British army on a road and they come to the house and they burn the house out but they take her out and then they cut her hair off and basically mm. try to scalp her. Yeah. And her reaction to her grandmother, who's has seen her her grandson beaten to death in a chicken coop. When she just wants to get on with the grandmother, just stoic and I want to get on with And she is just shouting in her grandmother's face, just going, I don't want to fucking live like this. And that that, that welled me up a bit. and I was like, fucking hell, that that just hits real home, because it's kind of like when you're looking at something now, when you're looking at Yemen or you're looking at fucking, you know, Sudan or you're looking anywhere in the world where there's, where there's strife or where there's struggle, you know, there's everybody around the world would just look at somebody and go, I, I just want fucking peace. I don't want to have to deal with this shit anymore. And that's kind of strong with me. But there was a few really Liam Cunningham, I thought was fantastic. Liam Cunningham, who is in every single fucking Irish movie. If it's caught, it? if it's filmed, if it's filmed in Ireland, Liam Cunningham or or fucking Colin Meany's gonna be in it. Mm. Hey, folks. Rob here from Fat, Drunk, and Stupid. And what is that, you ask? Well, aside from three words that describe my life, it's a podcast. We talk about food, fun, fellowship,
2: movies, books, video games, pop culture, and much more. Also, some very interesting guests
0: and some awesome stories. And of course, some cold beers along the way, too. So look us up on Twitter at FDS Podcast 7 and look for Fat, Drunk, and Stupid wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: Well, this one I am very much apologetic for. I'm I'm not <laughs> right. So the fished course is what I googled. What um you know bad accent, bad Irish accents in films. Right. Mm. Mean, Leapier came on, and I uh, watched the first five minutes of it because I'd never seen it, and I heard some of the accents, and I thought, oh Christ, no, that's it, that's going in. We're going to watch that. And there's, it was just inoffensive crap. Yeah, you know what I mean. (laughs) It was. Do you know what? It wasn't even
0: so bad that it kept my attention. Nah, it was so fucking
1: boring. This is the Amy Adams film Leap Year from 2010, um, also starring Matthew Good, and it is about, well, a psychopathic woman who travels to Ireland to follow her husband. Um, because she believes that some ancient Irish tradition, so it is. I
0: don't.
1: <laughs> that that annoyed me. And she goes to the old, that, what does she say to her, her dad while she's, John Lithgow, go back to the old country. They're anyway, so yeah, that's that was what we really know. When he started talking about the old country, I'm like, You've probably never been to fucking Ireland in your life, um, and it's about this woman that travels to Ireland to surprise her husband. Uh, excuse me, her boyfriend. Um, after four years of him not app- not proposing and, and and constantly letting her down, and of course one hilarious mishap after another, as she the goes Irish,
0: ro- the Irish rogue.
1: <laughs> and she meets obviously Declan, uh, who is Matthew Good. Now, Irish accent for me passable for you
0: wasn't bad at all you know what right. there was there was a few there was a few scenes in the bar where I was like oh it's a bit maybe a bit dodgy is he Irish is he trying to fake a different kind of Irish accent and I was like mm, hold on I'll just leave it but his, his accent wasn't offensive it wasn't as offensive as I wanted it to be and also yeah. I was so I was so disappointed that John Lithgow was in this movie and he was in the movie for like five minutes yeah. and he didn't and he didn't even affect the fucking like, accent it was like you, it was. Oh.
1: So, I mean, first of all, I'm watching this, and they like, they get diverted from Dublin to Cardiff International Airport. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, you obviously, know what, do you know, do you know, what, you know what,
0: what kept annoying me, what kept annoying me was the the cliffs of Moher. They kept showing the cliffs of Moher. You know, the the, the cliffs of Moher, these the big walled cliffs that they've showed about three or four times in it. Yeah. They're at the other other side of ireland and it just kept annoying me and i was like why did they keep showing the clips more like they're not there
1: so obviously this is a woman that she's, she's she's on a plane the plane's been diverted to cardiff She's got to get a ferry to ireland and then make her way up to dublin um and obviously the the luggage goes missing and car breaks down and cows in the road and all sorts of hilarity and i just kept thinking you're in cardiff you get on the bus or a taxi because she seems to have an endless supply of money get in a taxi up to Holyhead, north of wales ferry across to dublin she's there i don't know i don't i'm still trying to work out which route she took well
0: she got, that's like, that's the that's the great thing about this movie it never actually tells you what day she's on we all know that she has to get there but before the 29th of february yeah, it never really specifically says as to when the day is she is presently.
1: Well, they did on the. If, <laughs> ah, see how we're paying attention. They got to the twenty eighth, the day before, and she needed to get to the train because they'd missed it the day before. Oh yeah, they, oh yeah,
0: sorry, yes, yeah, the train. And that was on,
1: no trains running on Sunday. Now, according to IMDb, I don't the know. I, <laughs> well, according to IMDb, um, two thousand sixteen was the next leap year on a Monday. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but, like it, Listen, I you don't expect- even you don't even need to get into that much I mean I think I think the problem the problem I think that you had the same as I had with it is that I wanted I wanted it to be as offensive as, as PS I love you I <laughs> I wanted I wanted the stupid fucking tropes. I wanted yeah. the oh, the hair to hair. I wanted to be leprechaun sitting on a fucking rock. I wanted, I wanted to be so offended that I would come in and go, ah, oh, fucking this and that No, yeah. But it tried to do something interesting. In between the stupidity of the actual movie, which is really fucking stupid. It was sowing the seeds of the fact that Declan just keeps telling her, you know don't be so fucking stupid, oh, hi, diddly die, diddly diddly and he keeps saying this, these things there, oh, American coming over, diddly-di, diddly and all this stuff, and I was like, you know what, maybe they're trying, maybe they're trying to give it the, maybe we shouldn't be as offensive in Irish movies, you know, thinking about mm. Americans and Irish, and I was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, and I was like, well, no, I want it to be offensive, I want to complain about it, I don't want a movie where nothing happens. You know, we're led to believe that this girl lands in Dingle in this pub where this guy, who is continually rude to her, like, continually, like, just looking down his nose at her and fucking, wow, she, and she's starting to fall for him after, what, she's known him for less than 72 hours, right? And Adam Scott is the, is the fiancé in and this, and he's, you know, a doctor and stuff like that there, and yes, he's a bit not there as a human being sometimes you know he's not there but all that can be sorted out with a conversation do you know what I mean like everything 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 wrong with their relationship it's not like they are happy she's fucking successful she's money driven she's you know wants in the 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 good apartment and all this stuff and yes she'll do anything to get there and then within 72 hours of meeting Declan it's like no well I would rather live in a rundown pub in Dingle
1: I yeah, I, you know what? I've, I've literally got no notes on this. I just wasn't I, offended. I, I okay This is the magnolia of films, you know, like the paint colour you get. It literally mm. goes with anything. You put it on the wall, it's beige. <laughs> beige film.
0: I thought I thought you were talking about the Tom Cruise movie. And I was like, no, Magnolia's, no, 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 magnolia. PTA did a great job of magnolia. I don't know no, what I'm, more, I'm, I'm talking about
1: the paint colour. It is just a totally inoffensive piece of crap. It, for me, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do enjoy rom coms and will love it. But for me, there's nothing absolutely at all original about this film. Nothing.
0: But was it e- but was it even a good rom-com? Like was it was it did it even give you everything that a rom com does? Because it was kind of no. caught between it was caught between two places where, where it wanted to be this rom-com or it wanted to, to kind of take the piss out of a rom com. And it was kind of like I don't I, I don't know where we're sitting here I don't I don't know I don't know what the point is, and you know, I, it just left me like I will be honest the first half an hour I wanted to punch something and it was kind of like what the fuck is going on here I don't understand I don't understand
1: I've got a confession, go I got about an hour ten into it, and I started fast forwarding through scenes. Oh, I was fast forwarding through from the start and literally. Every time I stopped and pressed play, it was them two talking, either in the rain or in a different room, wearing different clothes, and they were still sort of longing looking into each, each other's eyes, talking about plans for the future and how she shouldn't be doing and I'm like, they hadn't had a different conversation. It's just literally one conversation after the other. And every so often she falls down a banking and gets muddy or her clothes get nicked or something. It, but how
0: quick, but how quick as well did she turn from her her boyfriend? You know, and it was all just because of the 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 letting board of the of the apartment, you know, wanted to know what their marital status was, and that was the only reason that he proposed her. And it's kind of like, well, no. He he kind of said as well that it wasn't just the only reason that he was proposing to her, because that's the way the both of them were when they were in yep. America. Yep. And within 72 hours of meeting fucking Paddy O'Hurahan. You know, she wants to, She wants to now be in Dingle. Like, but she
1: didn't. But nothing happened. You know, usually, yeah, no, nothing there's happened. Yeah. Big, there's there's a few big moments in there. You know, where they end up getting pushed together, and you know, like the the wedding, oh, didn't they? The they wedding. Got, they, they were drinking twice. <laughs> oh, the drug. Uh, again, at least she didn't talk about the, the the whatever. But then, what was the other one? So they're doing the the. You know, usually when you watch these films, like they end up on a farm. And he has to help yeah. birth a lamb, <laughs> yeah. and she's watching him. She's watching him birth a lamb. Or they're and picking
0: up the hay, they're picking up the hay and they fall down and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Although you know, and and you just think there's one of those moments. You know, like the Star Wars moment where they're uh, they're rolling around in the field together in Attack of the Clones. That point where you switch it off. There's not mm-hmm. one of these big moments. Like I said, I just expected to see something where he's you know like holding a baby or something you know she sees him as really mature paternalism and none of it happened i just and in the end she's telling adam's got to fuck off successful she's had one holiday romance if this it's if they were, will... even
0: a, it's not even a holiday romance it's a it's, it's a fucking weekend it's a weekend <laughs> yeah. like, like he's he's been rude to her for two of the days like constantly rude to her for two of these days and she wasn't that but like it wasn't as if she was the problem either. Like you know sometimes she's the hard-nosed American, you know, coming to the small town, blah blah blah. All she wanted was help. She was like she was offering them fucking hundreds of euros to take <laughs> the Dub- the Dublin like she was, hundreds she was of in euros.
1: the pub. She was in the pub and she's like, "Hi, I'm I'm a woman, I'm alone, I'm from another country. My plane has been di- diverted. I've had a horrible 24 hours. Would you mind if I use your phone, please?" Yeah. Here's the tax number. There's yeah. tax Ah, you're <laughs> me, you bitch! <laughs> <Back> oh. <head. laughs>
0: why don't you, you ring yourself a hotel? Uh, ah, yeah.
1: upstairs! S- silly bitch.
0: <laughs> but just... I was like, I, uh, yeah, but she wasn't, she wasn't like, she wasn't the hard of American. She was quite a nice person. But like, I at the end of it all, at the end of the <laughs> i watched it all, I just sat thinking to myself, Amy Adams was really good in it. Now, I'm not saying that the script was good. I'm not saying that the movie was good. But Amy Adams is a very good actress. And she should be nowhere near this movie. This, this stinks of a, I want to do this movie. The studio is saying, right, well, we've got this Irish fucking American rom-com that you have to do in order to do that movie. And, you know, because she's such a good actress, she doesn't phone it in.
1: Now, the main course this one is a tough old time okay uh, i saw this a few years ago um obviously watched it again and we're going back to talking about what we're talking about with wind that shakes the barley but something quite a lot more modern um uh, this is the steve mcqueen film hunger starring michael fassbender from 2008 um based on the um I don't know how many it was, sorry, I do apologise but I think there was about 70 odd um, people, uh, members of the IRA were locked up in May's prison um, and yeah. a number of them went on um, dirty protests no blankets Yeah, uh,
0: so the, 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 the basic gist of it was that they were looking for um, they wanted to be classed as an army they wanted to be given uh, POW status because they didn't believe that they were criminals they were soldiers fighting a war against an occupier and they did not want to wear the uniform of the occupier and so they wanted pow status and obviously margaret thatcher the 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 wonderful old gal she is uh did not want to negotiate with terrorists air
1: quotes yeah (laughs) but
0: yeah
1: okay so First of all, this is focusing on members of the IRA. Now, again, that them three letters in in England, hundred percent are almost a. You won't make jokes about them. Do you know what I mean? It's very yeah. much seen as the IRA. You know, you make okay. I was that that was going to come out really wrong. But you know, people make jokes about Al Qaeda or what have you. Yeah, the IRA was a much more immediate threat growing up through the 80s and 90s i knew of the ira but i was too young to understand it i knew something was on but they were um i'm thinking the right words here sold to us the ira was sold to the british people as a terrorist organization the boogie men they were a terrorist organization um they were the bad guys british people were good we're just trying to protect northern ireland so to watch this through a different lens and to learn basically more about that story i thought was really interesting the reason why i've got it as the main course is because michael fassbender is i think it takes a certain amount of dedication to lose the weight and to make yourself look as uh, thin and gone and and obviously somebody on yeah. hunger strike needs to be uh but th- there's one scene in particular we'll come on to but so in terms of yourself then this was more this was set in 1981 so this is all quite just around the time you were born, but you grew up with in these yeah. communities.
0: Yeah. Well, you see, what what some people probably might not realise outside of of Northern Ireland or Ireland is that the hunger striker hunger strikes were a, a moment that changed everything in this country because it showed the brutality that Britain had uh, on one side. Um, but it also on the other side showed that why would terrorists be given preferential treatment for blowing up people in their own country um, you know obviously obviously it's a long and fucking drawn out you know history of of what what's going on in this country and i will be 100% honest a lot of it i have only seen from one side of the argument you know Mm -hmm. i i have tried to 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 branch out and and do a lot of reading on on the two sides of the community um i have uh, family members who are were in the armed forces i have family members who were not in the armed forces
1: (laughs) there were various okay let's just say there are various groups and various communities around the time and yeah and People I, were and, obviously associated with certain groups
0: yeah and I understand I understand both sides I understand both sides of the argument right Um, yeah. but the hunger strikers changed changed over here as very much what Bloody Sunday did because what Bloody Sunday did was it showed the Catholics that England didn't give a shit about them and it was a what are you going to do what will you do to stop them from killing us. And I can tell you that the IRA's ranks and the IRA's membership went up a thousandfold the day after Bloody Sunday. And it was the very same when the hunger strike happened because on, I mean, the, on the Catholic side of the community, um, it was very much the, the, the British government's fault because what a lot of people don't understand, what a lot of people don't realize as well, is that Bobby Sands was an MP. hmm Bobby Sands was an, elect, was an elected yeah. member actually, of, of the British Parliament.
1: He actually got elected while he was imprisoned.
0: Yeah, in Fermanagh, South Tyrone. Mm. And all, all they had, Maggie Thatcher was just staunch and she just did not want to not see them as, as terrorists, as the terrorists she thought that they, they were. And most of the British people, of course, did as well. Um, But it, the Look, hunger okay. I'm just it's sorry. Can hunger... I just
1: just to ba- just to balance this out, okay? British people, this is the I mean English people. I think do have a very um, solid right. I'm not saying it at all that this is them saying we were sold a lie because the IRA bombed Canary um, mm-hmm. Canary Wharf. Uh, the Manchester, bright Manchester. Uh, half of Manchester got blown up. Um, the, Birmingham, Hotel, the Birmingham, the
0: Birmingham, the Birmingham bombs. Bombing. There was yeah. the Brighton,
1: Brighton Hotel, where a number of where the Cor- Conservative Party conference was taking place. Uh, killed a number of people, including Norman Tebbit's uh, wife. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, 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 yeah, look, I'm I'm we were so that these people were terrorists. And the fact is, if you to me, if you plant a bomb in a city centre where there's no army around you, you're causing terror. So I, I get that argument, and that's the way I've been raised to believe it. But what I also am these films especially have opened my eyes to is that there's another side to it. They're not just stormtroopers from Star Wars, you know what I mean? There is Yeah, no, I listen, I,
0: a, I I agree with you. I there's a backstory to it as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I am I am in no way I absolutely no way condone anything that anybody's done. As yeah. as I said, as I said years ago, you know there is this there is this continual argument over here today. Even now, right now today, there is a massive debate going on about a united Ireland. Um, there was a a TV program down south that brought in DUP politicians, Sinn Fein politicians, people from you know. Uh, celebrities the sporting world from north and south and it was basically a, a debate about irish unity and that happened just this weekend and i i think that every now and i know it's easy for me to say because i've never directly not i've been indirectly affected by terrorism but i've not been directly affected by terrorism it's very easy for me to say this but i believe that a line should be drawn in the sand and go right shit happened on both sides we understand the stories and people should celebrate the stories and people should talk about their stories on both sides of the aisle, on the Protestant side and the Catholic side. But there has to be a time where we draw a fucking line in the sand and go, right, we need to move forward. Our, our, you would, I would love for an American or for yourself to come over here and witness an election campaign between Sinn Féin, DUP, SDLP, and UUP, because it is literally just... Can't let those Catholics in. Can't let those Protestants in. Hi, but what about taxes, lads? No, 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 no. Forget about taxes. You can't let those broads in. oh, no, you can't let those Catholics in. And that is still a debate and an argument that still happens to this day. And we need, we need to fucking move forward from that. And that's that's the main. And going back to hunger, going back to hunger. Can I just one know, last
1: one last question on it? Do you think because it was always described as the troubles it was the yeah. ira who were um because that's so- a
0: british that's a british word so.
1: that's a british yeah yeah, word. yeah um and then you've got the udf and the uda on on the loyalist side who are doing certain things the republicans doing certain things. if they'd have called it a war you know if it was known as an you know the irish civil war was still going on until 1998 do you think that would have helped draw it in a line in the sand by saying wars over go home rather than just the troubles and the troubling
0: no because it was because it's such a small country and because so many people were affected um you know when you're talking about you know five six seven thousand people dying and that's on both sides army civilians you know when you're talking about uh, the IRA used to come and if if a person was seen talking to somebody from the British army then they were interrogated if the IRA didn't like what they said then they were disappeared and basically, it didn't matter who they were, if it was male, female, child, whatever, it didn't matter. They would just bury them in a field and forget about them. No.
1: And going back to hunger, these men in this prison were people who... Now, again, it never explicitly said whether they were people who were found guilty. Well, they weren't even found guilty whether they were just been locked up for being in the mm. IRA. There may have been people that did these disappearing, these interrogations, these bombings. They may have been innocent and only locked up through association. I think one of the biggest points of it is nobody knew because they well, classed you, themselves as ira they had been locked up there was no due process there was no court case they were being just locked up
0: yeah well that's that, that that's called internment internment was in northern ireland where basically the army could pick you up off the street and put you in prison and that was it hmm. and that Didn't was that, that, that i think internment ended in now i may be wrong on the timeline but i think it was ended in 85 but they could literally the army could roll up into a catholic area with their with their panzers and they could go into your house break your door down take two young boys out of your house put them in the back and put them in prison no evidence no no court no nothing and you know that was a big that was a big thing you know around that time now a few of them you know I think Bobby Sands was in prison for uh, planting a, a bomb um, or being part of the crew that that that, that planted the yeah. bomb um, a few of them were done for gun running you know a few of them were for planting bombs or shooting people or stuff like that there um, but if one side it's very hard it's very hard to come to a peace when one side is saying that we're in a war against occupiers and -hmm. the other side is saying the occupiers are protecting us against terrorism Mm. and it's just and it's just a fucking wheel that turns around and around and around and there's so much northern ireland is so fascinating um you know it's just simply because there's so many permutations there's so much to you know northern ireland It, it it, it, it's th- like even things like Lord Mountbatten, you know, Lord Mountbatten Prince Charles's fucking favourite uncle, you know, he, I remember when I was younger, my father taking us to a place called Bundorn and Bindorn is in Donegal but Donegal is bordered with Sligo, right and we were going up this wee hill and we'd just gone over the border of Sligo and we're on the coast and it's absolutely beautiful and my dad looked over and he goes, see you down there and I was like, aye, and he goes that's where your man Mountbatten was blown up and then he just, just kept driving away. And I was like, what? What, 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 the, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what the, and that was just an off-the-hand comment. And, it was, and there's so many of those moments, you know, when you're walking down anywhere going, ah, well, that's where that was blown up. That's where that was fucking shot. That's where this happened. Yeah. And I'm trying to explain sometimes to my child, like Ernie, you know, and I don't, you want to shelter him from a lot of stuff. But you want him to know the history, <laughs> you want him yeah. to know, but I but I don't want to give him my history, I want him to try and learn the history by himself because I know that my history can sometimes be a little bit one-sided and I get told <laughs> I get I get told off by my missus, you know, yeah. for that as well.
1: Um but so in terms yeah. in terms of this history and in terms of the film, look for me. A bit I, of I, a I, I
0: enjoy I enjoyed the story journey but I enjoyed this movie because it didn't really talk a lot about. IRA and stuff like that there, because it was, it was more left up to the, the visceral element of the movie. And, you know, it didn't really get into a lot of the politics. There's very little speaking, uh, you know, in the movie at all.
1: Yeah. It was very much... Um, see, what I love about a lot of films and of the films that I do love the most is, well, it was when what we were talking, units sure don't tell. Yeah. And I, I love that this film can get 20 minutes in there will be bloods very similar. You know, you can tell you a lot about the time, the place, the people, what's going on and what's happening. The opening, I think it was the opening sequence with the the the, the prison guard in his home getting ready. And you can see the sort of cuts on his hand, and he's, he's probably the one that does the beatings. And then he sort of goes out into the street to look to see if anybody's waiting in the street for him. Looking under his car, he has to check. And his car, just as his car starts, you see his wife give a little sort of shudder. Mm -hmm. And you just think that's every morning. Yeah. Every morning she sits there, and, and forget about whose side who's on. I'm just talking about the the feeling of the people involved in what was going on in this part of history, and I think to show that I think tells a whole lot more than having somebody, you know, a professor walking a student down a corridor during the film, going, "Well, it's all sad in 1921 when those bloody Irish came." You know what I mean? It you don't need to do that with a film like this. You can see dirty protests going on. You can see yeah. people objecting to certain things, and. The fact that we don't see Fassbender until about 40 minutes in just shows how much almost world building he does about around this prison, about the life, and what people go through in there before he even introduces this pivotal pivotal character.
0: Yeah, i I seen this as more of a prison movie than it was of, you know, a historical... You know, it had the historical aspects, obviously, from Northern Ireland and terrorism and things like that there, but I saw it more of... Are more as a prison movie. You know what they do on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, the the interesting content. You know between the dirty protests mm. and things like got there, and you know how they how they pass um, notes to each other and to family members. But like, I was always waiting for something worse to happen. Do you know when you see something bad, mm. and then and then the, the way that McQueen leads the story. It's like, oh, he's gonna something else is gonna happen now. You know, the the scene where I, I think the sounds as well that he puts in it, you know, the the banging of the the dustbins, yeah, you know, by the, the women, that that was used by women on the street whenever the army rolled or they were rolling in, basically. And that was to let everybody know that they were coming. Um, right. and then, you know, to use my favorite word, the juxtaposition then with the the army or the, the, the prison guards, you know, banging their shields letting all the, the prisoners know that they're this is fucking clean up time boys you're, you're gonna um, get a shower and you're you know and then there's that scene where they basically subdue them and then stick their fingers up their ass.
1: Yeah
0: and try and make them shit out everything that, that they're doing. It it yeah. it's just such a visceral experience of a movie. And for this to be his McQueen's first feature. Yeah. Like his first feature film Fucking hell, it is is an unbelievable, not just a great movie, but it's an unbelievable piece of art.
1: The thing that always stands out for me is there's always just one scene that I kind of always latch onto sometimes with a a film that I love like this. You know, I don't think you can sort of say, oh, I love this moment where they had their hair cut off or whatever, but it was the conversation between um, Bobby Sands and um, Liam Cunningham Cunningham again. Um, Father Dom. Father Dom, yeah, and... That conversation between them, over 15 minutes, it was sort of nearly 17 minutes long. And this is a single take um, conversation between um, two old friends. You know, it's a a man and his priest. And the way the scene evolves from sort of this almost lighthearted banter, you know, how are you been? You're still smoking, all this kind of stuff. And to, to, to see it, devolve into this conversation about what is about to do going on hunger strike is is it suicide is it murder is yeah. it uh manslaughter you know what what does it count like? are you are you letting yourself and and to have that kind of And it, it didn't really come into sort of god and what god would make of it it was more the the arguments of man and it was a, a yeah. it was a man trying to reason with another man to say you're just going to kill yourself over a cause that you can't influence. And I think
0: it was, it, it was powerful. It was powerful for the simple fact as well that I, it was, it was something that happened in the wind that shakes the barley as well. There's a scene in the wind that shakes the barley where the, the, the females are having the court and they, mm. they talk and they'm calling them against in that scene as well. Um, but I like the fact that you can feel that it's one of these movies where yes, they have a script and they have something to say, the director believes in the actors enough to go, right? You know that the, the content, you know the script, you know everything. I'm going to let you talk. Yeah. And you can stammer, you can you know stutter, you can, you know, I'm going to let that play out and I'm going to listen to what you're going to say. And I think that you can hear it a few times in this conversation, you know, where somebody stops a conversation or somebody says something that throws the other person and they say something else. Like I can very much picture the start of that scene um, being mostly ad-libbed and then they kick into the script.
1: Well, it's funny because these two actually moved in together and practiced this scene 15 times a day. It was all as it was scripted. <laughs> and, and apparently they took they did this in four takes and then after four takes they got it perfect. And they actually moved in and lived together to get that feel. And, and I think a, a scene like that, where you, like I said, not only what you're arguing, but to make it believable. And, and like I say, it's all in a single take. So even where we're talking, we we record this and I don't edit shit out. You know, you can hear all the ums. And... <laughs> so for us to talk scripted for 17 minutes, I just think it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. So in terms of the film then, I mean, what... What would you say it was in terms of importance? Do you think it's important people watch this film? Do you think it, um, it like you just said it's a prison film more than anything
0: i i think I think that there are there are probably more important movies um about the troubles. Um, like what I think um I, I think. That, things like Some Mother's Son which was written uh, about hunger striking as well and it was basically from a family point of view Mm -hmm. Um, there was In the Name of the Father uh, with Daniel Day Lewis kind of give the uh, overview of what Irish people were to the British establishment you know they were just cannon fodder Um, you know there are there's a lot of important movies Um, I, I don't think that anybody who was brought up in Northern Ireland in a Protestant home would watch Hunger. I don't think they would. Um, I, I think because that, of, because of who it's about, because of the content that you know you have to understand that Bobby Sands, Bobby Sands on on both sides, Bobby Sands on what on the Republican side is seen as a hero and a martyr, not just on the Republican either. You know. There was something that I I don't know if I've ever said this to you. Do you know what street um, the British Embassy is in Tehran and Iran? Go on. Bobby Sands Street. Right, okay. You know, there's a Bobby Sands Street in Havana in Cuba. There's a Bobby Sands Street in San Francisco. There's a Bobby Sands Street in South Africa. There's a Bobby Sands Street in, in Australia. Bobby Sands is seen in a lot of places around the world as a Che Guevara figure you know giving up his life for a cause and all that stuff now on the other side Bobby Sands is seen as a terrorist and I'm sure that there are people more people around the world that believe that Bobby Sands is a terrorist as well Um, so seeing somebody maybe uh, martyrized in a movie probably isn't what people want if you've been affected by IRA terrorism in Northern Ireland the last thing you want to do is watch a movie that's you know no it doesn't it doesn't you know really glorify anything you know no. in the movie it doesn't glorify fucking hunger strikes you know it's it's a visceral you know the scene at the end where he's putting the stuff on his lesions you know where mm. the, there's bone and the skins coming apart. You know, I, I think that I think that some people should watch it. I would believe that a lot of people wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. But it didn't change my mind on what I believe what the hunger strikers did. Um, didn't change my mind on who they were and what they did. Um, but again, I am very much a person, as you know, you've known me for a lot of my life. I look at things through both sides and I can yeah. I can see things through both sides and I just believe that a lot of people on one side of the community would not want to see this movie and I you know I, I cannot fault them for not wanting it. Um
1: end it day. Um look watch it as with anything, watch it, make your own <laughs> will mind. We, up. Will
0: we end it? Will we end will we end with the hunger one with the quote, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter?
1: <laughs> I think we shall. <laughs> Right, Corm, you're doing how many
0: steps a day? Uh, Between 10 and 15,000.
1: Right. I want to tell you about somebody I know called Ashley Morehouse. Okay. 28th of February would have been Ashley's dad's 65th birthday. Um, Ashley's dad passed away to bowel cancer in 2007. Um, and he's never really done much in terms of fundraising. The guy's an absolute machine when it comes to this. I'll tell you what he's doing in a minute. I don't think I've told you this yet. Is he doing 15,000 steps, Well, Because, you know. From the 1st of March, Ashley has been running one kilometre per calendar date. So on the 1st of the month, he ran one kilometre, and on the Mm -hmm. 2nd, he ran two kilometres, and so on and so forth. When I last saw him, and I, I work in the same office of him, he was setting out to go do an 18-kilometre run because it was the 18th of the month. And he's looking for sponsorship to recognise this amazing feat. I, I cannot anticipate even driving 496 kilometres in 31 days. Ashley's going to be running them. Um, all the proceeds are going to be raised to go towards Bowel Cancer UK. Uh, bowel Cancer UK um, is the UK's leading bowel cancer charity. It is the sec- Bowel cancer is the second biggest cancer killer in the UK. But due to the incredible work that BCUK does, it's treatable and curable if diagnosed early. Ashley's Ashley's dad passed away eight months after being diagnosed in 2007. Uh, The major advances in saving lives from bowel cancer in the past 20 years have all come through the research BCUK do. Through strategic investment in targeted research, they'll help to deliver more improvements in bowel cancer survival rate in our lifetime. It's a really tough and crazy time. Everybody's skin. I get that. But. If you can help, go to www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash everyday for dad, everyday, F-O-R, dad, D-A-D. Otherwise, if you can tweet us at PodMovieChef, tweet us some support for Ashley. What he's doing is outstanding. Uh, I'm seeing the pain he goes to every day. Uh, Best of luck, Ashley. Best of luck. Amazing. The Commitments, then. My dessert for you. You introduced me to this film. I am going to ask you a question. Go.
0: There is an Oscar winner in this film. Name them.
1: Um, An Oscar winner?
0: There's an Oscar winner. One of the cast of The Commitments is an Oscar winner.
1: Right. I'm. I can't. I don't know the guy's name, but is it the lead singer from the band?
0: Uh, Rob Strong. No.
1: Yeah, is I am. No. Go on then.
0: Andrew. Andrew Strong. Sorry, Rob. Andrew Strong. Strong. Um. Andrew Strong. It is. the ginger guitar player?
1: Uh. Yeah.
0: I'd. I'd span Foster. Yeah. That. That's Glenn Hamstead. Right. He is the lead singer musician behind a band in Ireland called The Frames, but he also. Wrote and performed an Oscar winning song for his movie once. Okay, I don't know you, but I want to. You know this
1: movie? No, I don't know that one.
0: Can't answer it. Yeah, he's an Oscar winner in the commitments.
1: Good for him. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking at IMDb. Andrea Core was in this film.
0: Andrea Cor was Jimmy Rabbit's uh
1: huh? Yeah, she was Sharon, huh? But, yeah. uh, no, you introduced me to this at uni. It was one of these where I think we we're in, was it like Music Zone or something? And it's a place where you could buy like three videos for five quid. <laughs> commitments then you're like get the commitments i'm like why i've never seen the commitments you've never seen the commit right come on and we bought it we just went back and watched it and i'm kind of like just so it was uh I, I think this is fantastic obviously it's about a um, young lad, um young musician in dublin wanting to sort of start his own band uh bringing sort of soul music uh back to the people of dublin as he likes to describe over and over again <laughs> Do you know what this kept reminding me of? This film, and I know you'll probably scoff at yeah, first.
0: Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna because I'm gonna say this. I know what you're gonna say, and I'm gonna say the same thing to you. This is what I'm gonna say to you.
1: Oh, well,
0: any this... British film from 1994 <laughs> until 1999 <laughs> owes everything to the command.
1: Do you know what this film reminded me of? Full Monty. The Full Monty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mood, oh, every, any british movie any british movie made between 94 and 99 is just a carbon copy of the commitments that's it <laughs> the commitments is ground zero for british cinema for those for those five six years
1: and it was and it, it just reminded me of full month over and over again and you're absolutely right it is 100 percent. it's yeah. young lad it's calendar, gets gonna... it's
0: calendar girls it's that fucking strange movie with the fucking Welsh fucking fishermen singing. It's, it, it is the full Monty. Fisherman everything. Friends, that
1: was it. Full Monty. Fuck those laws. Oh, I can't even think right now, but you're absolutely right.
0: Brassed, brassed off.
1: Brassed you know, off.
0: <laughs> any one of them. Any one of these movies. Ground. Alan Parker. Alan Parker. Roddy Doyle. It is ground zero. Ground zero of it.
1: Why do you think that it is? I
0: think it's just because it was a really good movie. I mean, the, the obviously, The Commitments is based on um, a Roddy Doyle novel, and it's basically known as the, the Barry's Town trilogy. So there was The Van, The Snapper, and The Commitments, and it's all around the Rabbit family. Um, Colin Meaney obviously plays Jimmy Rabbit Sr. He's in all three of, of these movies. The Van, if you get to see The Van, watch The Van. It is fucking brilliant um it's very very funny it's it's, it's it is akin to what the commitment says but roddy doyle is one of the uh exponents of dublin culture uh, throughout the 80s and 90s and like that's that's where this commitment comes from
1: so what did you, you know what I'll, i will tell you because i remember back I think it was the same, in fact, the same stage that Tim Westwood was on in Carlisle when Tim <laughs> Westwood. It was that place. Was that called The pit? That wasn't the page, the page, was it?
0: No, no, no. The Page was down by the Brickyard. Um, oh,
1: no, I'm thinking next door to the Brickyard. Next door, the to the, next door to the Brickyard and downstairs. That's The Page, yeah. Well, I think it was the same night that the young lass said, uh, she asked where you were from and you said, and she said is that where all the bombs come from? And then, starts, and then starts crying and runs away. We're both stood there looking at each other like, the fuck?
0: Wait, you're right.
1: <laughs> you, got it, you got it right. Come
0: back. You got it right. Stop running.
1: And I remember, do you remember Scottish Pauly? They were in uh-huh. performing arts. The thing was, the best thing about um, going, uh, going to a... See, I went to um, a university. It was an Institute of the Arts. So I did film and creative writing, but, the,
0: <laughs> but
1: there was there was loads of dancers that were performing artists. There was everyone, and getting them out on karaoke night was brilliant because they could all re- sing really well. So you just had a great night of music because everyone were getting up on stage, and of course they all wanted to be performers in the in the spotlight, and they all wanted to go. So you just had a great night, and somebody sang a song from The Commitments, and until yesterday, I couldn't remember what it was. I just was remembered it, the tune. Try a little
0: tenderness.
1: Try a little tenderness. Yeah. And I could not remember it for the life in me.
0: You see, what you have to understand as well is that there's a thing over here called, I don't know if you have them in England, they're called show bands, right? So basically what used to happen was this show band would go into a town and they would play in the local hall or local town hall. And the town would go see the show band. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of trying to base itself around that show band kind of element as well. And funny enough, Andrew Strong, the guy who the lead singer, Deco, Deco. Um, his father, his father um, was in a show band. And guess where he grew up? And I only found this out the other day.
1: Is it in Tyrone?
0: It is in Tyrone. Is be it no Pacific?
1: Is it Oma Town?
0: <laughs> it's not Cookstown. It's not Dungannon. You'd be right. Oma. He grew up in Oma. He wasn't born in Oma, but his father was in the show bands in Oma. Um, like there were uh, a lot of people around Oma. Oma is Oma is very music-centric. There's a place called the, uh, the INF, Irish National Foresters, and the, the show bands all went into the INF um, you know there were uh, you probably George Jones and, and people like that, and Mary Black. Do you don't know, know any of them? Oh, they're um, all
1: flooding back to me. Yeah, Mary yeah, Black. But yeah, they,
0: but they were
1: all... Many a t- many a time back in the eighties, <laughs> we always used to crowd around. No, I think what we have in Britain is the Salvation Army brass band. They just go no, around from no, like village no. fair to village fair. And... I
0: would. I would still. I would. St- I would say it's more of a in England. You go see them at like a holiday camp or something like that. There. You know, you yeah, would you would go to those.
1: Well, we have working men's clubs where they have an act on everything. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. It's kind of like a working men's club. Yeah, yeah, you're like right. It's kind of like a working
1: Yeah. Club. It's the same in Manchester. They have a turn on a Friday night.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but like, that's, that's where this whole kind of commitment thing comes from. And Rachel, Rachel as well, right? She watched this with me last night. She's never seen the commitments. And there's the odd thing. Like, I always remember as a kid when I was watching this, I always remember the kid followed over the guy at the wedding. Yeah. And, always, and I always remember, you know, Deco singing and, you know, and spilling the drink over people. And you remember, you know, Deco sitting on the on the piano and um, what's her name? Uh, Bruna Gallagher pushes her off the fucking, pushes him off the, the, the piano. And you remember Michael Wallace, one, two, one, the microphone. You know, you remember these things. And Rachel, it was very much a, she wasn't paying that much attention. Every once in a while, she'd dip in and out of the of the story and give out the blah blah blah. But still, to this day, every fucking time they started playing, and every time that she the phone went down, and she sat and listened to the whole fucking thing, because your man Andrew Strong has some fucking hypnotic voice, oh, yeah. and and I think that's partly why the Commitments was such a hit. You know, yes, it was funny. Yes, it had, you know, the, the the kind of Irish tropes of the fucking horse. You know, there's horses all over the fucking place. Uh, you know, it had those tropes. But wasn't there a horse?
1: Wasn't there a horse dead in the scene at one point? Didn't he there go? Was a horse dead.
0: You know, and then there was, you know, there was the. the
1: Did somebody run into a horse or something above and a were dead on floor? Uh,
0: what well, he goes, he goes into the the apartment block and the wee boy stand waiting for the elevator with his horse. And Jimmy Rabbit goes, you know, you're not gonna fucking bring that horse up the elevator. And he goes, the stairs will fucking kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and and every and, you know you forget lines in movies, and I had to pause it because it was, uh, the tears were coming down my eyes. I was like oh fucking hell I forgot that even existed. Um, yeah. but the power, the power of the commitments, and I love the commitments. The power of the commitments is 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 the singing and the music, and you know the soul. You know where the blacks, where the blacks of Europe. You know, yeah. Dubliners, Dubliners are the blacks of Ireland. You know, North Dubliners were the blacks of Dublin, and it's like a, and the, you know, I just loved it, every, everything about it. I just loved it.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed that. By the sounds of it, there's plenty more I could have picked, but I think that's pretty much the same with every one of these menus that we do. But the they, general, uh, the guard, Island the Guard. the the guard, yeah, I didn't want to pick that because. I don't know. It no. is
0: one of the best movies ever made. And the, do you know what? The, the three movies, the three topics, the three headlines should be taken up by Brendan Gleason movies. That's, that's all. There should saying. have been,
1: actually. I must admit, was, was it, Cal, uh, is it Calvary?
0: Calvary, yeah. Calvary that, in, that in Bruges.
1: That was I see, I won't put that as an Irish film.
0: All right. Just Irish actors and Irish writer and Irish director. All right. All right.
1: In Bruges. Plus, we're doing in Bruges soon. Well, I say in soon. <laughs> We're doing in Bruges. In Bruges, that's that's the that's the the pinnacle of this. That this podcast will finish. We're going to finish with an episode of me and you having a beer, doing in Bruges, in Bruges, and that's the title <laughs> of the show. Uh, that. I created this whole podcast just to be able to do that one episode. Um. So yeah. So we started off with a starter. So if you're going to have a starter to films made about Ireland in Ireland or whatever, uh, the wind that shakes the barley, what then. The then a fish dish of Leapier, which that, I'd, have, I'd have that as cod, just an, yeah. a, just a bat, just a just a poached cod. I you would know, even
0: have it. I would say. even have it as a wee a wee thin piece of salmon. Just the wee thin piece. It's inoffensive. It's it's like oh well, yeah. I, can, I can taste it. I can taste it, but I can't taste it.
1: And then um, main course, outstanding um, acting. Um, God, I'm trying to. I can't follow off my words here. Outstanding, fastbender. Just say fastbender in his big Fucking swan. <laughs> German, German Brits. <laughs> um, his hunger and <laughs> fucking hell. I'm losing it now. And then the commitments for after. So there you go. There's your birthday dinner. Thank you. I'm, I'm just waiting for. You're welcome. For I'm just, I'm just waiting for <laughs> September when I'm going to just have, I've just got to watch the full one four times. You can't think of anything else that, that happened in Yorkshire. No, if I
0: was... I've already got my list, don't you worry.
1: Oh, you've got to tell me them afterwards. You've got to tell me them afterwards. It's, My... just, the
0: Ho- it's just the Hovis advert.
1: <laughs> over over. You know, if I think you told me this, but you know who directed the Hovis advert? The young... Uh, the Scott? H- was
0: it Ridley yep. Scott, was it? It
1: was Ridley Scott. The Hovis advert. If anybody remembers this, and if you Google or put on YouTube, Hovis advert, there's... um, Do the music. So there's a young boy with his bicycle pushing it up a cobbled street with his flat cap. The sun slowly setting in the background and delivering his bread up Yorkshire Street. That's, di- that's directed by Ridley fucking Scott. Ridley,
0: Ridley Scott, yeah. Him and his brother owned like a, an ad company in the UK back in the 70s and 80s.
1: Who would you say is better? The better director?
0: <sighs> Movies that I've enjoyed? Yeah. Tony Scott.
1: Yeah. I was going to argue with you, but I'm I'm 100%. I've I'm, been thinking back the other day. I mean, Ridley Scott has made some great films. Don't get me wrong, he's yeah, made yeah. some great films. But like Tony Scott's, and this is where it came to the other day because I admitted on Twitter I've never seen Top Gun. And do you know why, do you know why I've never bothered watching Top Gun? Because I've seen Hot Shots that many times. <laughs> you can pretty much piece it together. I know the beats. I can piece it together. There'll be a bit on him. I bet there's a bit with uh, Tom Cruise on a motorcycle with a jet flying past, and he kind of waves to the jet. There's probably a bit of that. Um, probably drop some things at the end. I, I'm honest to God, I can go through Hot Shots, and I've probably seen the whole film.
0: Yeah, somebody has sex and jumps on Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was Pat That was Pat
0: Better movie. Better movie.
1: Part deur was a better film than hot shots, hot shots. I remember going to see Hot Shots. Pat Dur. My dad took me and it was one of first 12 films that I'd got in as a 12 year old that were amazing and there was a guy about three rows in front of us who was smoking a cigar big fat cigar and he would just sat um, howling with laughter and i kept looking at my dad and my dad was getting so much joy from watching that guy laughing do you know what I mean? He, he took that away from watching the film. I was loving it, and then uh, it just—we absolutely just remember this guy absolutely howling with laughter. I'll
0: tell you, I'll um, tell you it even better. I'll tell you even better one than that. Hot Shots on. was the first one. Two. I've I've been to the cinema to, to see a movie more than once, and Hot Shots was the first movie that I've been I to think... the cinema to see more than once. I I went to see Hot Shots three times.
1: I want to go see. I've never. I'm trying to think what I've seen more than twice at a cinema.
0: Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. and yep. Broken Arrow with Kristen Slater. <laughs> <Don't laughs>
1: that was awesome that. film. That was awesome film. Great, My best great friend's, friend's Friend. wedding. Like I said, I've seen that twice. Final Destination. I saw that twice. Two days running. Hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: Final Destination is a great movie.
1: Yeah. First one is. I can't remember what else I've I've seen. Thor: The Dark World. Out of all the Marvel films, Thor: Jeez, The Dark World is. Have the we've
0: seen that together as well.
1: That's because that's the only reason why I've seen it twice. Because I saw it with you when it had first come out, and I came on and watched it with my mate, and we went to see it, and I had to keep stum about anything that happened. <laughs> that was when Marvel was just getting into it. You're like, fucking hell, everyone's going to show up here. And then you saw like Chris Evans for like thirty seconds, and you're like, is, is that it? Is that is that <laughs> <talking> one? <about?" laughs>
0: There's always that moment in a Marvel movie as well where you see it, you see the first cuts it, and then you stand up and it's like, oh no, second, no, is there a second one? Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll oh, 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 stay to the end. <laughs>
1: it's just the end of Marvel film now uh, the credits come on and the whole audience just looks down at that one person who stood there with a bin bag and a sweeping brush and ah. they all have to go is there another one and they have to <laughs> shake their head and everyone goes okay cheers <laughs> so next week well Wednesday the 31st is the release of Godzilla vs King Kong which means we're doing it next Sunday what ah. <laughs> did you not know this <laughs> Where am I going to watch that? HBO Max. <laughs> Arr. Arr. Gar. And I told you, I'm going to watch them, and I'm going to donate £10 to my local independent cinema. Just because I can't go to the cinema don't mean I'm going to stop seeing films when they fucking come out. I'm not having the rest of the world watching films. I'm going to have to miss them for three months because somebody fucked a bat in anyway um and then the following week we're probably going to end up eventually end up talking about falcon and the winter soldier and we're also doing the captain america trilogy there we go um following week after that we're going to be doing mortal combat we're going to be talking the new one um probably the old two as well but mainly uh them then on the 25th the end of april is oscar night so we're going to be doing our oscar predictions and we're going to uh, have a little thing the following week, and we're going to see who got most right.
0: Well, it's going to be me, like if we did at the Golden Globes, and then you just fucking forgot about it.
1: Shh. And then, <laughs> the first episode in May, would you believe this? The first episode in May is our one-year anniversary.
0: Get out of time.
1: So we need to decide what we're going to do. I put a, a thing out. I think we're going to do a quiz. Okay. We There is somebody from... That. From there's somebody from the attack of the quizzes who is going to be coming on um, to take you on the phantom quizzer. Uh, he'll be coming on. Plus, I'm trying to get a big celebrity interview set up, <laughs> another replying, one, but not, but they're not replying to my tweets.
0: He seems he, like a cool guy,
1: he does. So, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm wondering, we had loads of listens after that person replied that to that tweet, and yeah. I'm just thinking to go and listen to one of the episodes ago. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near those fuckers.
0: <laughs> that Irish guy sounds like a fucking wanker.
1: <laughs> right. I am going to go save the universe. Are you going to go do 12,000 steps?
0: Uh, do you know what? I need to do another 3,000. So I'm wearing shorts and a knee brace at the minute. So, But I, I might get on my bike. I might get on my bike.
1: Get on your bike. Do it. Do it. Um, of course. So, basically for next weekend, Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, so get that watched, everybody. Go and watch some Irish films. Um, best of luck again to Ashley. Uh, Morehouse is doing his uh, final run in for the end of March. Uh, Jesus, that guy's in some pain. I'll tell you later. Um, glad you had a good birthday. Peace and love, everybody.
0: Peace and love. Fucking brick.
1: We're going to go listen to the Rubber Bandits give us a history of Ireland. Bye bye. Bye bye, everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to
2: give you a lesson now in Irish history. For over 300 years, the British Army have oppressed the Irish people. It all started with the Great Potato Famine of 1916. The English took our food. And we were too starving and too weak to fight. They stole the seven counties and all no stuff. So Eamon de Valera rode to London on the back of a horse. The as a sick and she locked him in jail for a hundred years And he smeared his own shit on the wall and starved to death A ship made out of coffins He trained the dog to make shit of the queen And to punch her into the jaw As a symbol But he was caught in the car park of Buckingham Palace And jailed for a hundred years But he smeared his own shit on the wall And he starved to death Like so many before him man went over to London to box the Queen into the moat. He had a load of condoms filled with petrol and a sword made out of hash that he set a tip to the steering wheel of his mother's face. He met the Queen in the car park of Buckingham Palace and he cleverly locked her into the boot of an Opal Corsa. In that boot she smeared the walls with shit and the Queen starved to death. And that's how the Irish Republic was won.